Hi, it's Dr. Steve here again from Sports Doc Sports. I'm at the All Things Gravel Expo in Emporia, Kansas for the Unbound Race. I'm here in the Scratch booth, Scratch Labs, and uh, here with Alan, who's their exercise physiologist. And uh, we're going to touch base about hydration, nutrition on the ride. People, if you're a runner, if you're any kind of endurance sports, high intensity, we're going to talk about how you need to refuel, what you, what, what flavors you like, what uh, mixes you like. So first off, Alan, tell us about yourself. Um, so I'm the founder here at Scratch Labs. Uh, my background is in exercise phys. I got my doctorate from the University of Colorado at Boulder, where most of my work revolved around the development of this rear hub power meter um, that turned into the power tap. And then I spent about a decade on the pro cycling tour before founding Scratch Labs. Um, Fantastic. Yeah. So... Uh, what we're dealing with today is uh, in your in your tent, your booth is all people coming in for the unbound race, and uh, obviously their big concern is how they're going to stay hydrated, how they're going to stay up on their nutrition, especially uh, this weekend uh, where they're going to be doing either 350, 200, or 100 in the heat. So, what's uh, what do you recommend for let's say the 200 riders since there's going to be over 2,000 of those guys out there? What what's your go-to for them? Yeah, you know, first and foremost, your sports nutrition starts in the kitchen. It starts with what you do the week ahead in your training program so there are no miracles there's nothing that's going to save you out here if you haven't already prepared Uh, so assuming that that's all good and you've been eating well uh, high carbohydrate diet to load up on that glycogen you know it starts with just being very very aware um, of what your own body needs are everyone's an individual I generally see it for this race that front loading is the way to go especially when it's cooler you know, as the temperature increases, as it gets hotter, it's going to be harder and harder for your uh, GI tract to absorb nutrients. And so if you can uh, make sure that you don't get behind, that's right. really, I think, the key strategy, especially when it's cooler um, and, you know, you've got more capacity, more resources to absorb nutrients. Right. So our, our glycogen stores, our energy stores are primarily our muscle, which we dip into, and then the liver. And when you dip into your liver glycogen stores after that, it's called a B, capital B, bonk. And uh, that's what we're going to try to avoid. So That's right. Keeping blood sugar up is going to be everything. And I think that it's really, really important that you start early and you be consistent, right? right. Um, you know, in addition, I mean, ultimately, there are three things. There's your carbohydrate. There is the amount of sodium that you need, and there's your sweat. And these are all things that you're losing in real time. With respect to carbohydrate, generally for an event like this, you're going to need to replace at least 50% of what you burn per hour. So, you know, if you're one of the elite riders and you're churning through 700, 800 calories, you might need to take in as many as 100 grams of carbohydrate per hour. That equates to 400 calories. That's right. That's right. And that's a lot, right? And that's a realm where now GI distress becomes an issue and so it becomes a balance between you know delivery and absorption and every time you deliver more than your small intestine can absorb that's when you start to get GI distress issues Uh, because of that we try to recommend uh, that people also eat real food as much as possible it holds up food in the stomach um, and then basically slows down what gets delivered to the small intestine so that the pacing of food is more even right, right. Um, we also lean into drink mix and uh, liquid carbohydrate sources that are very very simple that have what's called a very low osmolality or low molecular concentration um, and also uh, items like our super fuel that not only have a low molecular concentration so that there's not a big water shift from inside your body into the intestinal yes. lumen 
but that also digests fairly slowly and consistently so that you're not breaking apart all these molecules in your gut that can cause GI distress later. Exactly. So that's that feeling when you're riding and you're running and your gut feels like it's about to blow out of your shorts. Not from behind. I'm talking about out the front. You just feel this belly bloat. That's right. That's right. And that's usually when you're drinking something that has a higher concentration or higher molecular concentration than blood. Blood sits around 280 to 300 or so. You not only want drinks that are lower than that, but as whatever is in your drink breaks down and digests, you want that breakdown to be slow enough so that inside your intestinal lumen, you're not getting a sudden increase as well. So, Alan, let's talk about you for a second. So let's say you're riding, uh, you're doing an ultra. What, what, what are you feeding yourself? So I'm feeding myself probably a combination of well-hydrated foods. So, you know, I lean into things like boiled potatoes. I lean into sushi rice, making a little onigiri. Uh, we do sushi rice. Fantastic. Yeah, it works really good. Um, I've actually written a book called Feed Zone Portables that, you know, has a, a whole entire cookbook of different types of foods that you can eat. Well, Alan, here's your plug. Tell us about your book. Yeah, so it's a Feed Zone cook ser- cookbook series that I wrote with Chef Bijou Thomas. We have three books. Uh, the first book, Feed Zone, is about a day in the life of being an athlete that breaks down breakfast, ride food, recovery food, dinner. We have Feed Zone Portables that only discusses food for on the bicycle. And then we have Feed Zone Table, which talks about all the the, the dinner uh, you know type of recipes and the importance of eating together eating with one another community around food sure. uh, but you know if you can eat something that has a high water content right, right uh, that not only helps with GI distress um, with moderating gastric emptying but you know it also helps hydrate you a bit right um, most energy bars and fuels are very very dry so rice and potatoes solid food to fill the stomach I'd also have our super fuel. Um, I would probably onboard super fuel about somewhere between 70 to 100 grams in the first 20 minutes of an event when it's really, really cool, uh, just to front load. Um, and then depending upon how many, how much carbohydrate I need versus how much water, which is going to be a temperature issue, right? Our sports drink is a 4% or four grams of carbohydrate per hundred mil. If it's a super, super hot day and I'm losing a lot of water, right and i'm losing a lot of salt in very hot situations i may only drink that because i'm drinking so much more volume that i'm getting enough carbohydrate right if it's really really cool i might lean more towards our super fuel product because you don't need as much water but the fuel stays relatively the same right and so we've got these two kind of products because ultimately depending upon the temperature you're going to be titrating a combination exactly. to get the right combination of fuel and drink so tell our listeners what happens if they get a little bit on the dry side how much energy are they going to lose well you know i mean there's a lot of issue with getting on the dry side or dehydrating right, right. Um, ultimately you need that blood volume to maintain the cardiac output to deliver oxygen but you also need that fluid to thermoregulate right and as right. soon as your body temperature goes above a certain point for most athletes that's about 39 degrees celsius no matter how good you are no matter how much fuel you have on board your nervous system is going to shut down right uh, likewise if you're drinking too much water and you're drinking beyond your thirst right you're not releasing the salt that you're losing right. you also risk diluting out your blood electrolyte which can be really harmful to your nervous system right so hydration is ultimately about water balance versus sodium balance right your thirst mechanism is always going to be taken care of during exercise of that 
that electrolyte or sodium trigger. Right. So we always recommend that you drink to thirst. Right. But what can drive thirst so that you appropriately replace the water you lose is sodium. If you're drinking plain water, then thirst will cut you off at a certain point to protect you. You'll maintain electrolyte balance, but you won't maintain the blood volume you need to optimize thermal regulation and cardiac output. Right. So if you can replace the sodium that you lose in real time, your thirst mechanism will generally take really good care of you. Right. So, so it's the, the old adage, drink when you're thirsty. Drink when you're thirsty. Don't drink when you're not. Right. But let the salt, your salt intake drive your thirst. Right. right? Don't so, let a scale per se right. drive so, your thirst. Which will be in your scratch labs electrolyte mixes yeah so we have 800 milligrams of sodium per liter in a serving of scratch labs mix that's about average for the population but the genetic control of sodium sweat loss is probably one of the most mutated gene sets in the human body yes that's something called cf1 that gene set can vary people from as low as 300 milligrams of sodium per liter sweat loss or salt loss in sweat right all the way as high as say 2,000 milligrams per liter right those are the guys who you can look at their jerseys and it looks like they got white dust all over them yeah and it's highly variable right right um you know what you tend to see is in the more elite riders who have a higher sweat volume they also lose more salt as well right um so for that reason the best way to kind of figure this out big picture is to weigh yourself pre and post exercise Assuming that you've been drinking to thirst, generally speaking, what you see is that those who lose more body weight by thirst tend to be the individuals who also lose more sodium in their sweat. And so for those individuals, we recommend something called our hyperhydration mix along with our sport drink. Our hyperhydration mix has a sodium amount of about 3,400 milligrams of sodium per liter, which is about the same as what you would find in blood or normal saline. Right. And so for those individuals who are on the high side, they know that say for every four or five bottles of sports drink they drink, they might have to have a bottle of the hyper. And then for those individuals who are on the lower side of our drink mix, say their low sodium sweat loss of 400 milligrams, they know for every two or three bottles of sports drink, they just need to drink a plain bottle of water. Right. Right. So there's always a way to titrate this. Yes, that's a pearl right there, folks. If you're going to listen to that, that right there is a huge pearl, especially for the layman who's just getting into racing. It's a good way to estimate what your needs are on the electrolyte side. So. Yeah. Weigh yourself pre and post, but don't try to drink to replace all your body weight. Dr use more salt to then drive yourself to naturally take in more water. And if you can be within 3% of total body weight pre post event, you're doing a great job with hydration. Phenomenal job. I agree. Well, Alan, thank you very much. Um, again, we're in Scratch Labs uh, booth here in Emporia, Kansas. Anything you want to say to sign off? No. Enjoy yourselves. Have fun. And uh, remember, yeah, like Eat real food. at some point, <laughs> if all else fails, slow down. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Bust your butt, not your gut. All right, people. Again, thanks for joining us in Sports Doc Sports. Um, be safe, stay sweet, and uh, we'll catch you on another podcast.